You're listening to the Between You and Me podcast, brought to you by JesusWire.com, with your host, Jessica Morris. Hey guys, this is Jessica Morris and you are back with Between You and Me. Thank you so much for tuning in for the season finale. Yes, this is episode 10 and today we are speaking with the rapper Cy and I. He has a really incredible story about coming up out of the projects to create rap and going from gangster rap to Christian rap. It's super interesting and at times actually really funny so I think you really enjoy him. Now, before we go ahead with today's interview, I do want to say a quick thank you to you guys. Because of you, this season has been possible. We have talked to some incredible artists, far beyond my wildest hopes and dreams. And I am so grateful that you guys have actually been interested in hearing these conversations too. I started Between You and Me as a project to curb my own cynicism and to learn more about people who I didn't always understand. And oh my gosh, I feel like every interview I've done has increased my wisdom and understanding and love for people, some of who were similar to me and others who were radically different. But I love the fact that we could find common ground and talk about things honestly. Now, Sai and I is no different. There was really no holds barred when I chat with him. He was so open and so honest. We talk about everything from his latest single, Rally, which is about curbing division in the church, to race and politics. We talk about his conversion experience uh, and about gangster rap at a youth camp. Yeah, it gets interesting. He also shares a really interesting story about going on tour with Lecrae. Now, Sinai is a really straight-up guy. He's a family man and he's really talented. And as always, you can hear his songs, including his latest singles, Whatchamacallit and Rally, throughout the interview. So if you like what you hear, definitely be sure to check So guys, here we go with the last episode of season one. Please meet Cy and I. Before he was known as Cy and I, Jermaine Morris grew up in the projects of New Haven, Connecticut. Having to overcome many obstacles, including race and class divisions, Cy and I soon found solace in the sounds of hip-hop, and under the influence of his mother, soon discovered the sounds of Christian hip-hop. Moving with his family to Virginia, Cy and I struggled to find a place to belong. While he sought solace and friendship on the streets, looking back he now realises he was protected from it. And after he nearly died on three separate occasions, he began to realise that God was protecting him through everything. Attending a Christian youth camp, he felt called to be known as Sinai, and his love for music became apparent. Mixing his passion for hip-hop with a passion to reach others and show them a better way to live life, music seemed like an obvious choice for Sinai, who also matched it with inspirational speaking and spoken word poetry. Signing with Renaissance Movement Music in 2014, his debut EP, Red Flag, came out the same year. He went on to open for national and international artists, including Canton Jones, Tadashi, KB, Social Club, Kristen Gray, Cannon, Diraj, and Aaron Cole. He also collaborated with artists such as The Truth, Speck of Team Speckhouse, Jared Sanders, Swift, Yankee B, and Sean Slaughter. On top of that, Sinai went on to collaborate with Grammy Award winner Laquan Green. Things seemed to be on the up and up for Sinai, but realising that he needed more room to be creative and fulfil his purpose, he stepped away as an independent artist last year. Releasing his first single as an indie artist, Watchamacallit came out in November 2018. 
making his mark on the Battle Rap League called Overflow Rap League. He's also made a huge impact using his passion for hip-hop and his faith to forge a new culture in the hip-hop scene. I spoke to Sai and I about what it was like to grow up in the streets and how he fell in love with hip-hop. He tells me about his new single, Rally, which comes out January 25, and gives us a sneak peek of some of his upcoming music, including tracks like Fire. This is Sai Can you tell me how you were introduced to hip-hop and how it spoke to you when you first heard it? Absolutely. The first time I heard hip-hop, I was in my early teens, and I was... Um, I was watching some music videos at my friend's house. Um, I grew up in church, and so my mother didn't let, allow us to watch uh, mainstream music videos. So I used to sneak over his house and watch them. And so we're watching the music video, and I was like, hey, we, I think we can do that. And so we we, we started trying to rap. So the, what we did was, back then, they had cassette tapes. And when you bought a single, they, they, had, like, uh, they had the song, they had a radio version, they had an instrumental. And so he had a double tape deck. So what he did was he put a tape in one, uh, the regular tape on one side, a blank tape in the other, and we held the microphone to the speaker. And that's how we recorded uh, as we were experimenting. Yeah, it, it spoke to me in a way like, I think I could do that. And I think I could do it well. Um, but my first time doing it did not go very well. <laughs> so, we were not that great. I know that you loved... You loved hip hop and rap. When did you find out that you could do, like, when we introduced a Christian hip hop and rap? Because that's when your mom was sort of a little bit more open to it, right? Yes, um, it was actually around the same time that I uh, that I established that I could actually try to rap. Um, I, my, my friend and I were writing music, but it wasn't Christian music. We were so focused on being gangster rappers. Uh, Especially even even though neither one of us were gangsters at all, uh, <laughs> but um, my mother ended up finding my notebook where I, I had all my lyrics, and so she sat me down on the couch and she said, "Hey Jermaine, I I, I found your your uh, your notebook. Uh, if you're going to live in this house and do rap, uh, I would I definitely encourage it, but it's going to be Christian rap." And I was like, "What in the world is Christian rap?" And so she uh, handed me a couple tapes that she had bought of of some Christian rappers. And so I listened to them, and this was when Christian rap was in its early stages. And so I was like, "Wow, you can actually do this and and and, and be good at it." And so uh, I I just really started to to soak it all in and and try to hone my gifts in. Um, but I was still on the fence. I was trying to do both. I was trying to do the Christian rap to satisfy my mom, but I was trying to do the gangster rap to satisfy my friend. <laughs> and that didn't work out very well. <laughs> like early on, I think, and we can include gangster rappers as well as Christian rappers. Who were your favorite rappers, and what albums inspired you as you cultivated your own sounds? Oh man! So for mainstream, um, there were three that I, I find more most influential to me are uh, Eminem, uh, Busta Rhymes, and Cassidy. Th- those are like three artists that uh, that really. <clears throat> encompassed uh, what I wanted to be artistically and, and, and lyrically, like Eminem being just just honest about how he was feeling. Um, Busta Rhymes, he was just very um, versatile. I mean, he could do the the real, real fast flow, and then he could do a reggae song, and then he could switch up and do a pop song. And, and so Busta Rhymes is very versatile, whereas Cassidy was like the punchline rapper. And, and so like those are the best way that I would describe um, 
who 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 influenced my art the most. As far as Christian rap, I would say uh, the Truth, uh, Flame, and um, I don't know. I, I don't know who I would put in that third slot, but those are like the two most influential. When was the transition for you when you actually when you let go of gangster rap and just started going with Christian rap? Is that how you would define your like part of your genre now that you're a Christian rap, or would you say that you're a rapper who's also a Christian? <laughs> oh man, I've had I've heard many discussions about this uh, debate. I would say that I'm a Christian yeah. rapper um, because I'm a Christian before I'm a rapper, and I will be a Christian after I'm a rapper, and so that's that's the most important part of who I am. Uh, the rapper is is just a is just a package. The Christian is a lifestyle. It's who I am. And so I probably wear the badge of Christian rapper. Probably. There was there was a turning point um, where I actually realized that I had to pick a side. Uh, and I love telling the story because it's hilarious. But I was a teenager, and, and I was I was a teenager, and I went to a youth conference. Um, it was called Acquire the Fire. Uh, my, the church I went to went to oh, that yes. all the time. Yes, I love that conference. Um, and so me and three of my other friends who went to the same church were rapping as well. We all went to this conference. And so during one of our breaks, I had gone to the bathroom and they went somewhere else. And so when I had come back and, and met up with them, they had found a group of other of other youth that they were talking to. And so they were in the circle and they were rapping or whatever. I was like, oh, snap, I'm home. You know what I'm saying? And so... I ran over to the circle and they were like, hey, this is the other guy that raps with us. And they were like, okay, do something for us. Do something for us. And so at that moment, I had to decide if I was going to go gangster rap or Christian rap. And I went to the default mode and went gangster rap, forgetting that we were at a Christian youth conference. Oh. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so I started going in, like, I'm going to bust you over the head and this, that, and third, and like, you know, stuff like that. And they're looking at me like, okay, this is kind of awkward. Uh, and so everybody just started walking away slowly but surely. And <laughs> it was at that moment I realized I, I needed to uh, choose, I needed to pick a side. I really did. Wow. <laughs> I would have paid money to see that. I can appreciate it was awkward for you, but that's actually amazing. <laughs> I'm imagining your faces. <laughs> oh, wow. It was so awkward. It was so awkward. <laughs> yeah, so true. So how has, through, like, um, your life experiences, how has music helped you to adjust and make sense of everything that you've gone through? Wow, that's a great question. M- music has, has become a way to sh- uh, for me to share my experiences uh, with other people. Um, I'm a very relational person, and I'm also a very honest and transparent person. And, and, and so music presented an outlet of me to use what I've been through to help somebody else because that I've learned over the years that the things that I go through are not just for me. Yes, I'm the one going through them. Yes, I'm the one that's that's growing through these different situations, but I'm not alone in what I'm dealing with. There are many other people that need to hear how I got out of it or how I dealt with it or managed it. And so that became a way for me to just share my experiences and, and also realize that Hey, there are other people that deal with the same thing. Um, and so it helped me to see that also that I wasn't alone in some of the things that I was dealing with because stories were coming back of people, oh yeah, I dealt with the same thing and, and telling me their stories. And so it kind of created a sense of of um of uh, relatability to to my audience. And so that was very, very helpful. 
Yeah, no, I love that. And that's I love how powerful music is in, in helping people to relate whether they've had the same experiences or different backgrounds. It's so great. It is. Can you tell me a little bit about your life growing up? Absolutely. I, I grew up in uh, New Haven, Connecticut, um, and I grew up in a very low-income area. Um, it's called. It, I grew up in the projects, basically. And so it was a single-parent home. It was my mother and my two older siblings uh, for much of my childhood. So it was very difficult because uh, based on stereotypes of people that come from where I come from, uh, I should have I should have either been uh, dead by the age of 25. I should have been in prison by the age of 25 or I should have been a father to multiple children for multiple women um, and me not being in their lives. That that's the stereotype that I that I was being that was being painted for me. Basically, people telling me, hey, this is what you're going to be because you grew up here. Uh, and so um, because of the grace of God, man, we were I, I was able to uh, break every stereotype and statistic that 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 um, that painted me in a bad in a bad picture. And it influences my music because I also know that there are people that deal with that same thing. There are people that live in areas like where I came from. And there are people that struggle trying to get out of those places. And so I use my experiences to say, hey, I'm not just this Christian guy who who uh, grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth, uh, came out of the womb worshiping Jesus, trying to tell you how to live your life. This is coming from a place of, I know what it's like to be you. Let me show you how I got out. And so that's really how I how I love to use my music is just to encourage people, give people hope. Like your life does not live, your life does not end here. Um, just because this is where you come from doesn't mean this is where you have to be in the long run. Like you can get out. Look at me, I did. Um, and so that it's, it's just awesome to be able to to share my experiences like that and and give other people hope with with my story. This flame is contagious. Come and catch it. Get too close, you will be affected. Some source of power is to be expected. Boogie woogie woogie boy, it's electric. I wanna see light is up so bright that we have to let our eyes adjust. He's the power source, but the light is us. Till we shine together, it's not bright enough. Light it up, light it up, light it up, light it up. Was there a moment where you feel like you had, for lack of a better term, like a conversion experience or was your relationship with God gradual and just sort of developed as you, as you grew up and learned from your mom and listened to more Christian music and things like that? I would, I would probably say a little bit of both. Um, it, it was developed uh, over the years uh, because of always going to church with my mom and I mean, being dragged to church and then hearing everything and hearing the word being preached and things like that. So it was a gradual process of, of me understanding who God is, but it was an experience of when I got to, ex- I got to experience God for myself. Um, I, was, I was at a, a church service one time and it was a class and they, they were talking about uh, spiritual giftings. And, and I saw that I went to the class and the first night there, we, they were supposed to go into what spiritual giftings are and things, but they just, they were like, the teacher came in and said, I just feel like we just need to pray right now. And so everybody started praying. And next thing I know, people are screaming and crying and laid out on the floor and going and praying for each other and everything. And 
Next thing I know, I'm laid out on the floor, snotting and crying. And, and somebody came up to me and started speaking to me and, and, and giving me a word of encouragement and, and, and giving me word of identity and, and telling me who I was or who God has called me to be. And that it was then that God called me Sinai. And so that, that's why I actually adapted the name um, was when I was actually uh, in, in my time of conversion. And it, so it was, it was just amazing uh, to be able to experience God for myself. I, I think of the story of Samuel in the Bible, and, and I'm, I'll be quick with this. But uh, Samuel, it was around the time when God called his name three times. And he went and said, hey, did you call me? And I, I think it was Levi said, no, go lay back down. And kept telling him to go lay back down. And in the Bible, it specifically says um, Samuel heard the voice of God, but God had not yet revealed himself to him. And that's how I felt growing up. It was like I, I, I knew who God was. I had knowledge of God. Uh, I knew his. I knew the Bible, um, but I had not experienced him for myself yet. And that was the moment where I did. And that was the big moment in my life where I was. It, it sent me on a crazy trajectory of, of of pursuing and seeking the face of God. And that's where I really began to grow once I experienced him for myself. Yeah. So did that that faith and that growing knowledge of God is that what helped you overcome? I suppose so many challenges or for lack of a better term, like stereotypes and things like that, um, that you grew up around. Is that okay for me to say, or is that, should I reword that? No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a big way for me, um, to overcome those things because it was when I began to experience God for myself that I began to learn who I was. And so me finding my identity in him, caused me to realize that those stereotypes and those statistics didn't suit me because God created me to be someone else other than what people were painting me out to be. And so it was, I was more concerned about what he said I was versus what people said I should be because of where I came from. And so it really, really helped me because I learned who I was. And so I didn't, I didn't settle for anything less than who God said I was. I love that. That's amazing. That probably leads a little bit into my next question. Um, I know you're more than a rapper. I mean, you're also a spoken word poet. You're an inspirational speaker. You're just, like you said, you're relational. You you are so passionate about meeting people where they're at and sharing what you have. What motivates you in all that? I think what, what motivates me is uh, there's a need for, um, there's a need for hope people need hope. You can you can turn on the TV and see that there's a need for hope. You can walk down the street and see that there's a need for hope. People motivate me because I love people. And so when I see that there's a natural need, uh, of course, that people have physical needs, like, like um, re- regular everyday needs, but there's also a need for the gospel and, and, and for the freeing power of Jesus. Um, that's what motivates me to do what I do is because I want people to experience God the way that I experience him. Uh, and, and, and to be able to share in this life changing experience that, that sent me on the trajectory that I'm on now. And so that, that's really where my motivation is, is people. I can understand the comparison. They hold us up right next to them. The differences in their messaging is why we think they won't let us in. 
compromise the accepted end. It's not the path I recommend. They blacklist us like Reddington. Still give the business like next to Ken. Refuse to be another lookalike. My food is different even though we cook alike. Got the bait just learning how to hook it right. I'm being me, but you don't know I wouldn't bite. Oh Lord, don't know what to make of me. They were present when my guy was making me. They don't know about all that they made for me. So there's only so much they can take from me. Lifestyle ain't a new way. I'm just on guard. Touche. It's a game change like 2K. Break walls down like Kool-Aid. Not trying to get them to like me, but show this others like me. Found something to live for like me. Want to show you you can live like me. Live a life that you can imitate. Okay, yeah. Uh, what what you would call it is already out. I'm actually uh, setting to release a new single uh, this month uh, called Rally, and it's featuring um, Petty D. He's he's actually another um, another f- kind of founder in the Christian uh, rap industry. Um, so he he's still doing music as well. So it's it's him and myself called Rally, and I'm very very excited about that one because this is the heartbeat of of what I do and who I am, simply by the title alone, Rally. Oh, that's so exciting. Can you tell me how that single came about and how that collaboration came about? Oh, sure, absolutely. Um, well, the song itself is called Rally, and I, I go to a predominantly white church. Um, so there, there are very few uh, people with my skin tone in, in, in the church. Um, but I honestly, I prefer it that way um, because... I like going to a church where everybody doesn't look like me. A, a lot of people tend to gravitate to churches or groups of people where everyone looks like them, acts like them, have the same experiences. Um, but growing up, my mother never had us in those types of situations. We were always in situations where we were different. Um, and so that is the, the song Rally is just a culmination of that alone is me wanting to be the bridge between different cultures, different ideas, uh, different groups of people, different races of people, and encouraging people that we are stronger when we are one. Um, because when you're, when you're divided, you, there, there's only so much you can do. Uh, but, but when you come together as one, like that is we, we as Christians need to set the standard for what unity looks like, in my opinion. Uh, we, we as Christians should set the standard in many different areas of society. Um, and that, that's definitely one of them. We, we want to show the world what unity really, really looks like and how effective you can be when you can join with people that are not like you, but have the same goal and same mind. When we spoke last time and I asked you if there was anything you wanted to add, you <laughs> spoke really openly and honestly about... Um, division in the church and unity, which I know your new single touches on, which I love. Just wanting to know what role music has in healing the racial and political and any other divisions in the church in America Mm -hmm. at the moment. Great question. Uh, The music plays a big role because music has the ability to speak any language it needs to, to reach whoever it needs to reach. I mean, that is one thing that can that can unify us is music in itself. I mean, that's why you have different genres of music. I mean, you have rap, you have hip hop, you have um, uh, contemporary, you have pop, you have uh, soul. I mean, there's so many different um, genres that reach different groups of people. And so music can play a part because when you when you're listening to music it's it's almost like it's almost like your senses are down it's almost like your 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 walls come down you you you're more susceptible to the messaging in the music and so 
when people are listening to music, yes, they're vibing out to the music and, and the instruments and things like that. But subconsciously, they're, they're, they're soaking in the message of the music. And so music has the ability to do that. And so that is what I want to do. Like, this is a very energetic song, uh, Rally, but um, it has a very great message to it. So while people are dancing, I want them to see, oh, wow, I can. I can be um, I can be more relatable to the person across the hall that doesn't look like me or the person uh, across the, in the next cubicle or the person, you know, across the street. Um, and so music has a way of joining us together um, as, as well as sports. Sports does the same, same exact thing um, because I want us to be able, I want people to be able to be who they are around people who are not like them, celebrating our differences and learning from one another how we can be better people as a whole. God should not come second to our political positions. There are so many times that I see a lot of people arguing about politicians and about policies and things like that. And even even Christians a lot of times, I see that their political position holds more weight in their position as a believer of Jesus Christ. And so they are they 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 treat people in a way that is unbecoming of someone that claims to love the Lord and and to walk with Jesus. And so I want to encourage people to put their political positions aside and allow God to be the determining factor of their worldview and perspective. Um, I, me personally, I don't, I don't submit to a certain, um, uh, party. Like I'm not, I don't, I don't claim to be democratic or Republican. I claim to be a Christian that wants to support any party that is going to closely relate to what God has called us to be. Um, and so I want to encourage people in, in spite of any political position, um, Allow God to be the determining factor in what you choose to support, uh, because there's nothing, nothing that is worth um, putting God on the back burner for, because it, at, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, he's the one that is going to be here long after those parties are dead and gone. Less conversation, more demonstration. It's how we live and we prove God. Rally, 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 rally. Counterball and take a telly. Rally, 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 rally. rally. I wanted to ask about your move from Renaissance to becoming an independent artist which is a really brave move um, and Thank also you. I imagine probably a really scary move because being an independent artist means there are so many more pressures on you financially mm-hmm. and all sorts of things like that. Can you tell me a little bit what the best part of being an independent artist is but also what the most challenging part of it is? Absolutely. The The best part of, of, of being independent now is um, I can cast my own vision and be as uh, creative and drop music as often as I would, as I want to. Um, when, when I was a part of the label, you know, there were funds and availability and resources and things like that were being spread o- across the whole label for 
two other artists. And so I didn't always have that ability to do that. Um, and so that is the most exciting part is I can cast vision however I see fit um, and in a way that suits me and I not have to worry about the collective uh, uh, brand, um, but creating my own brand. Um, but I think the most difficult part, though, is the funding aspect of it. Um, because uh, that the label was, was being run by by sponsors and, and, and donors and things like that. And so now trying to acquire that on my own has been the most challenging part uh, because I, th- there are a lot of people who have been impacted by by the music and the ministry and, and, and that want to support and things. But my hardest thing is asking for help. I've never been good at asking for help, ever. Anybody that knows me knows that Jermaine does not ask for help very well. Um, and so it's like, hey, uh, I got, got some music coming out. I, I I hope the Lord moves on your heart to support. Like, yes. It's so awkward, isn't it? Yeah. It's very awkward asking for money. Um, <laughs> but um, but I think I think once I once I'm able to get past that and learn how to do it without feeling any type of way about it, I, I, I think this um, what God is doing through me and through my music can definitely be funded and definitely uh, keep moving. But um, at this point, it's like, if I don't get over it, then all this is for nothing. So <laughs> get over it so you can keep going is, is basically my motivation. Knowing that you, you like do so much now independently, your wife is your manager and things like that, um, in, in her own right, so I would never want to detract from that yeah. until I'm slightly a feminist. Can you tell me, <laughs> tell me um, how you balance your career <laughs> with being a husband and a father? Well, it is the balance is difficult um, because, of course, my, my my main focus is my family. If my family's not eating, if my if my family doesn't have a place to stay, then then I am not at peace. And so that is that is all, always my first goal is to make sure that my family is taken care of. The beauty of that is having a wife that believes in what I do and does any and everything that I need her to do to help push the vision forward, even when I don't feel like it. Um, so she she's scheduling interviews like this for me, you know, because I don't always have time to. If I was doing it, if I was doing it, I would not be doing interviews. I probably wouldn't be doing music videos. I probably wouldn't be doing anything. I'd just be rapping in, in the closet somewhere. But she she's the she's the driving force behind it. She's the one that's pushing me forward and like, hey Jermaine, come on, get up. You got you got uh you got some things to do. We gotta map out your singles, we gotta plan this for your music video. Come on, get up, let's go. And as difficult as it might be sometimes, and as frustrated as I might get with her, I appreciate her um because I do need that extra push. And it is very, very helpful for me. <laughs> I'm on my hand one. Look, I'm pulling out like we traveling, but they moving our pivot. I know that doesn't make sense. That's why the defenders are playing physical and trying to make me miss. I'm cool, I'm not shooting hundred percent. We crash boards, we battle the bricks, and alley you put over counterfeits. No, I'm the only shooter when I'm open. When the pressure's on, I know I'm not folding. I'm official, but don't mean I'm a blowing. Got a nasty cross, I'm ready to show it. Got the rocks, so they hacking the sword. When we fall, they start laughing at us. Some don't even care what happens to us, but there's many more than a back in the sun. Yeah, I got 24 to call out. And I came here to go all out. I ain't scared of no contact. Pure shooter can't stop that. That double you. What is the weirdest thing that has ever happened for you on tour? <laughs> so it was funny because um, 
Lecrae came to Norfolk, Virginia uh, for a tour stop. And we, we had a connection with the promoter who was bringing the tour uh, to our area. And so he was like, hey, man, we'd, we'd love for you guys to come and open for Lecrae. We were like, what? Open for Lecrae? Sure. Why not? I mean, no, no prayer needed to go into that. It was kind of a, <laughs> a unanimous <laughs> yes. yes, let's do it. So what, one of the conditions was we, we had to sell a certain amount of tickets. And us being as um, as determined and persistent as we are, I mean, we were hitting streets and churches and, I mean, every church we performed at in the area, I mean, we're going everywhere, selling tickets, selling tickets, selling tickets. And so we we sold a lot of tickets. I mean, a lot of tickets. So we were we were um, closer to the show. We were trying to get in touch with the promoter to find out what time our sound check was and things like that. And he just wasn't responding. Nothing. We were It was dead silence and we couldn't figure it out. So we just ended up showing up when we uh, when we originally had planned. We ended up showing up. We got there. We saw Lecrae's team setting up uh, the stage and things like that. And so we're just there wait, waiting for our sound check, waiting for somebody to come grab us. We couldn't find the promoter when we were there. And so it's like it's like maybe an hour before showtime. And we're like, okay, we still have not gotten a sound check. People are starting to come in. Like, we need to figure something out. So Lecrae's manager comes over to us. And he's like, hey, um, I, we, we, are, we were told that you guys were supposed to be opening today. And uh, we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we were waiting to see what time soundcheck was. And he was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but you guys won't be opening today. And we were like, we were like, what? Why? And he was like, well, apparently that's a deal that the promoter made without running it past us. And so we didn't know anything about you guys until maybe 10 minutes ago. And so we're, we're not going to be able to uh, accommodate you guys and let you open. And so we were um, a mixture of upset livid (laughs) and disappointed all at the same time but it was awkward because people were starting to come in and so people we sold tickets to were coming in like hey guys you ready you ready come on you guys are gonna kill it i'm I'm excited and so we couldn't tell them yet that we were not opening because we didn't really have a clear picture of it yet at that moment yeah but so people were coming in and so it was hard to to, uh, save face for the people that were coming in that came specifically to see us open for lecrae um, so that was very difficult, but uh, it, it all turned out well because we still didn't get to open up, but Lecrae ended up bringing us to his green room and apologizing for the confusion and gave us some free merchandise and, and, and just let us chill in his green room with him for a little bit before showtime. But then he also brought us on stage during his finale, uh, just, you know, just, just to say, hey, guys, sorry about the confusion, but, you know, just to show some love. So oh, that was that was really dope. That uh, Yeah, that, that was really dope that he did that for us. Good recovery on your part too. It's hard to keep keep it together when it happens. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I I yeah, it was difficult. Yeah. That's all I can say. It was difficult. <laughs> um if you had if you had the chance to collab with one rapper, dead or alive, who would you choose and why? Ooh, man. One ra- uh, one rapper dead or alive. I, w- I would go ahead and say Flame. I would love, 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 love to collaborate with Flame um, because he, he's been one of the guys that has, that has stayed true to the, the message of the gospel with, through all the changes of the industry and people going from Christian rapper to rapper as Christian to people trying to make their music more marketable so they're removing Jesus and, and removing the gospel and blah, blah, blah. He's, he stayed true to the gospel. So he, he inspires me to want to work with him simply for the reason of he's a great artist, but I appreciate him for 
uh, staying true to the message of the gospel and, and, and not compromising to sell more records. So I would say flame. And if you could go back in time and speak to yourself when you were a kid and you first heard that Christian rap was actually a thing and that it was possible to make, what would you say to yourself? Man, if I could go back to myself, uh, you know what? I, I would tell myself, um, I would tell myself to choose a side. That's what I would tell myself. I, I wasted a lot of time trying to play both sides of the fence. Um, I learned a lot from that, from those experiences, but, um, a part of me wishes that I would have sold out, uh, to, to God a lot sooner than I did. Just fight a little longer, my friend, it's all worth it in the end, but when you got nobody to turn to, just hold on and I'll find you, I'll find you. I'll find you, just hold on and I'll find you. I'm hanging on by a thread, and all I'm clinging to is prayers. And every breath is like a battle, I feel like I ain't come prepared. And death's knocking on the front door, pain's creeping through the back. Fears crawling through the windows, waiting for them to attack. They say don't get bitter, get better. I'm working on switching them letters. But tell God I'ma need a whole lot of hope keeping it together. I'm smiling in everyone's face. I'm crying whenever they leave the room. They don't know the battle I face. They don't understand what I'm going through. The world trying to play with my soul. That was Cy and I. How good was that, guys? I loved how he spoke so honestly about race and class division. It's not something that I'm able to do. And it taught me so much. Thank you so much for opening up, Cy and I. They really went out of their way to make this happen for us. And I am so grateful for it. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Now, you can get his single, Whatchamacallit, now just by checking out iTunes. His single, Rally, which he discussed, is out on January 25. If you would like to follow Cyanai, just check out at Cyanai for Real on Instagram. And you'll find links to all his other social media and music there. So that's it for another episode and that's it for the season. Can you believe we actually got to the end of it and that you guys are listening and that we're in this together? I am so excited for season two. I can't tell you what I hold yet, but I know it's going to be big and it's exciting and I can't wait to start sharing with you who we're going to be chatting with. Now, I don't have a release date for season two yet, but please hold on tight and keep checking social media because we'll be updating you guys soon with that date. Before I sign off for this season, there are a few people I need to thank. Every artist that we have spoken to and their press and management, thank you so much for opening up to us guys and taking a chance, particularly David Carrada, who saw the press release that I sent and said, yeah, I'd like to be on the debut episode of a podcast that talks about topics like cynicism and and tough conversations. I can't thank him enough. We've also had some other incredible artists this season who have opened up and talked about everything from politics to doubt and faith and everything in between. Thanks for embracing that, guys. It really means a lot to me. Now, from the Jesus Wired team, I have to thank our editor, Ian, and my friend, Jay Blake White, who did our fabulous intros and outros, making us sound so professional and so polished. And I just love having different accents in here. So thank you so much for that, guys. Also, a big shout out to Danielle and the crew at Soundstripe just for their support as well as Alicia for helping us with some of our intros. And all of you guys for tuning in, subscribing, and getting back to me every week saying how much you enjoyed the episodes. It means the world, and I can't wait to continue this journey with you into 2019. Until then, keep listening to great music, 
keep wrestling with the hard questions and keep being honest. When we're honest is when we heal. And that's what makes some great music. See you guys soon. Bye. Listening to the Between You and Me podcast. Stay connected by visiting www.betweenyouandmepod.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. For more Christian news, reviews, and interviews, get plugged in to jesuswire.com.